Hey you, yeah you, come join our Discord. The Mixing Music Discord server is filled with tons of awesome information and people. People that can help you out and information that can help you grow your business and to help you improve your mixes. So come join us and find the invitation link at mixingmusicpodcast.com. One, two, three. Hello, and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and today we have a very special episode, a very fun episode for everyone here today. Um, I'm with my co-host, my very special co-host, who's always with me, the very special out of personal request. He asked me to call him Lickety Lips Cool J. (laughs) Wait, Lou J. Lickety Lips Lou J. My bad. Wow. (laughs) I'm going to get some infringement on that. (laughs) Nah, I think I just got a copyright lawsuit on me. There you go. A trademark lawsuit? There you go. I guess trademark or whatever it is. But um, today we have a very fun episode. Uh, because for some reason, out of the two years that we've been doing this and out of the hundreds of requests for topics that we've had from fans and listeners, uh, for some reason, we have never talked about reverb like and had its own episode for it, which is kind of shocking. I feel like it's because we know that everybody's already spoken about it. So now it's just our turn. All right. So let's get right into it. Reverbs. Lou, first question uh, before we get into third-party reverbs, do you like the D-verb? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely yes. And in fact, I use it all the fucking time. It's there. actually in almost every template I have with every artist, whether it's major or not. I think uh, I've had so many people hit me up and be like, DK, what's your favorite reverb? And I'm like, do you use Pro Tools? Yeah. Well, it's not my favorite, but if you already have D-verb, like, you don't need another reverb. Like, <laughs> Yeah, D-verb's actually really good. D-verb's and adds, really good. Uh, my favorite's the church setting. The church setting is actually cool. I like the hull, but add, um, like, Saturn to it and distort Ooh. a little bit of those lows and watch it, like, actually, like, stand out without being muddy. Yeah, it's that's really cool. And, and I really like how the church setting kind of does this warble. So, like, during the mm-hmm. decay, it kind of warbles and, like, goes out of tune. I really like that. But that's how churches really are because of all the diffusion, but there's, like, no absorption in them. So it's just chaotically moving in a hall. Yeah, no, it's it's actually really fun. I really like that. But anyway, so now that we talked about D-verb, and we could talk about chroma verb in, in logic, I think that – do you think that reverb, like – we people talk crap on like the stock EQ and the stock compressor and stuff. I genuinely just have this. I'm gonna say it shamelessly. I'm way less picky with reverb, but that being said, I still have my favorites. Yeah. But I'm just genuinely way less picky with re, with reverbs than I am with like my, you know, my distortion, my my compressors, my EQs. Yeah. I, I feel like that too. Main reason is this: I've found that most of my favorite reverbs cost under a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like, uh, for instance, everybody knows about Valhalla, but they actually spent a lot of time on the plugin, but it's still really good. But to be honest, I could still get the same results out of D-Verb. Yeah. Oh, and I think that D-Verb also has like a, like doesn't, isn't the most like expansive and super diverse, 
like reverb, but I really do think that when, if you're looking to buy a new reverb, let me ask you this straight up. Have you really fully utilized the stock reverb that comes up with your DAW? Whatever Have you stock actually figured out how to use reverb, like with the t- different types and when to use different types? Yeah. The only, the only one is I've recently had to do like a demo mix for someone on someone's like Reaper system because they had a laptop and I was like, okay, let me take a look at this, show you how to do a rough mix. And I was trying to use their inserts on Reaper and Reaper has like no, at least from the one that I saw, has no graphic interface on anything. It's literally just like it's just numbers and faders. Yeah, yeah. just like the really old school Avid stuff. But like it doesn't I mean, even Reaper's show gain cheap. reduction. Yeah, like barely. I or like with compressors and different things. So it's like really. But at the same time, like other than that, like I really do think that reverbs are just, just genuinely like use your stock one. I think people don't give the stock one enough credit. Um, I think that uh, let's see. But my personal favorite though, I'm gonna have to give it to Valhalla Vintage Verb. Yeah, I use that on every mix. Yeah, and mine used to be the BX20 uh, from uh, AKG UA. Dude, I love it. If oh, you're, wait, if you the, play the vintage guitar, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I ever told you, but I actually came across one and owned one for a little while, but um, I didn't really know how to use it properly, so I ended up selling it like a week later, and then I found out really what it was, and I regretted it ever since. But the plugin is an amazing recreation of it, and it sounds amazing on like live instruments. But once I got into Vintage Verb, it was a recommendation to me via uh, Tizio, funny enough, when I first met him. Uh, We were talking about, uh, you know, just day-to-day recording sessions, speed of sessions, all that kind of stuff. He's like, honestly speaking, like, I don't know why everybody keeps getting these crazy, like, uh, what was it? I I forget. It's like a $2,000 reverb unit and all that. He's like, I haven't had a single complaint with Vintage Verb, and it's only 50 bucks. And I'm like, wait, a $50 reverb? And Chris Brown's engineer is using it? Like, I got to check this out. So I bought Vintage Verb and was blown away. Yeah, it's it's really simple. I'm, like, surprised that there's not a lot of other companies that make a reverb so simple. Like, it's really flexible, but honestly, it's, like, everything is straightforward. The sounds are straightforward. Yeah. Like, you can make it really weird or you can make it super simple, where D-Verb kind of has this, like, it has a tone I don't know if Vintage Verb does, or at least it has four sets of them, cause, mm-hmm. or like the three sets of them. They got the 70s, the 80s, 80s and, and the present, and then they got plate and room and all. And you can extend, yeah. you can make a room verb or the ambience verb that they have. You can make the decay longer to make it yeah. a hall. What is it? A uh, chaotic hall? Yeah, The one that go. has like some modulation input into it, and it's actually really nice. So we're not sponsored by Valhalla, but like I love them enough to really rep them. And if anybody says, what reverb do you recommend? It is the Vintage Verb by Valhalla for me. For the record, if you're going to spend $300 on a single reverb plugin, I suggest you take 300 bucks and spend it on their entire collection of plugins. Each one of them is only like 50 bucks. Some of them are free, and one of them is like free with the purchase of any other one. Like You can't get it for free otherwise, but it's a really cool like room modulator um, that you apply after the reverb. There you go. And and I think that now that we've kind of talked about what we like, let's talk about different uses. Okay. Um, because one of my other favorite plugins is the Ocean Way Room Verb. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about the use of Room Verb. Like, when do you use Room Reverb, and what's the purpose of it for you? Uh, I use it on snares, kicks, anything that's supposed to be necessarily like a live instrument, even if it's samples. Uh, main reason is that a lot of times when we just use samples and leave them alone, it just sounds dead. Like, sure, the mix is punchy, but it's dead. Like, if you listen to a lot of uh, her music... Um, her mixes all sound really fucking good, but you notice that even things that don't sound like they have reverb on them sound like they're in a room. And a lot of times it's those samples. 
Mm. And those samples sound like they're part of this performance. And that's when you use room verbs. And when you want to make everything sound like it's part of a performance, you're all in the same room. You can add different types of delays, uh, reverbs and types and all that to create different ambiences and distances. But a room verb is really nice for tying it all together to make it sound like you were at least performing together. Yeah. And I think that in general, I like using room verbs when, because the problem with like hall or play or like longer verbs, like mm -hmm. anything past one or two seconds mm -hmm. is, can get really chaotic. Oh yeah. Um, and a lot of times some people don't use enough reverb and some people, and, and to be honest, I think dry is an amazing effect too. Like I purposely make things dry as an effect, you know, but I think that Room is the perfect in-between where you want it a little bit more dry because the long ones were either muddying it up, long verbs were muddying it up, but you still want that space. Yeah. And, I, I, and, I, and the, the perfect thing about the room reverb, I like to mess around a lot with the pre-delay. Can we talk about the pre-delay yep. a little bit? Yep. And this is not just for room reverbs. This is for any type of reverb. Let's talk about pre-delay. What is pre-delay, Lou? So pre-delay is not to be confused with uh, with attack on reverbs because a lot of people get the two confused. Attack is just how fast the slope of the reverb's initial note is coming in. But um, pre-delay is actually saying, okay, how much distance is there between now and the actual uh, reverb for your vocal? Let's say that your vocal sounds like it's drowning in the reverb. You can use a little bit of pre-delay to push the timing of the reverb back a few milliseconds so that your vocal sounds a little more in front of the verb versus drowning in it. Now, if you're doing like really long reverbs, you know, in a lot of R&B soul, there's like three second reverbs, four second reverbs, especially in like I the Bryce and Tiller stuff. lane. I love that um, stuff. You need a lot of pre-delay and a lot of people actually have an equation for actually timing it to the music, which is really nice. That way it can sound musical. If you do too much, it can actually sound like a delay that has like a really long reverb tail that only happens once, which is another really cool effect to do with pre-delay. There you go. And I know lots of people like set the pre-delay to be very long to do exactly what you said, make it sound like a delay and also not to like muddy up the words. But I would also like to throw in that the pre-delay is specifically for kind of that's how the brain calculates the size of the room. Yeah. So if the reverb is long, but the pre-delay is very short, that means the walls are very parallel, very tight, yep. very like hard surfaces, reflective surfaces, but the the room is right there. You're in the room. Oh, yeah. Like it's a small room, right? Where where um, if you have a long pre-delay but a very short decay, that means that you're in a very large room, but it's relatively acoustically treated. Yeah. Right? So, um, or dampened, right? The yep. verb is dampened. So if you have a long pre-delay, the, the pre-delay kind of determines how the brain inherently translates the size of the space that you're putting them in. I know we're talking about vocals, but it's actually a really good use for like for drums. Anything. Like yeah. think about it. Like everybody always talks about wanting to record drums in big studio rooms that are very uh, vibrant, live and everything. But the reason they like a big room is exactly that. If you Have you ever recorded drums in a small room? You know, without absorption, it can be pretty chaotic when it comes to what you're picking up in the mics. But if you're in a nice big room, like some really large studios like East West don't use a lot of absorbers. They're not trying to make that reverb go away. They actually really like picking it up in the mics, but it's because there's enough time and space between the mics and the wall that you're actually capturing a really nice forward sound, but it sounds live. There's ambience behind the mic. Yeah. And I know that like, for example, another, another technique people use, I know Jason Joshua talks about how he puts like an S1 imager behind 
the you know the the ox where the reverb is at mm -hmm. and then spreads it out makes it get a little phasey so the reverb almost gets behind you so yeah. he likes to do that as well uh, so there's a lot of different techniques but let's not i think that's a good segue into what i want to talk about for a second as well is not just reverb with plugins or with outboard gear just like you know after post-production reverb yeah. let's talk about in-production reverb and using reverb when you record especially the sound of the room or the studio and things like that I'm going to start it off with this. Um, I hear a lot of people say deader is better. I totally and absolutely 100% disagree. I do not think deader is better. I think that dead is safe. And then if you've got a very small room that doesn't have good acoustics, yeah, kill the room. And I think that may be your best option. No. But if you, if you have a space that is big enough, that the ceilings are tall enough, that it sounds good, I personally genuinely think that recording in a room with a little bit of that live room tone sounds really good and sounds that's, better than deader. That's actually what I really like about our Studio A versus Studio B. Studio B is a great vocal booth, and it actually is much bigger than most vocal booths I see around L.A. Most people do like the whole 4 by 4 booth, uh, and that square shape just always has this really weird chaotic sound uh, that you then have to like mix out of the vocals. But uh, in our live room, it's not like we surrounded it in acoustic panels or anything in fact, I think we have one strip of acoustic panels across one wall. We have one panel on the other side, and then right behind it is a big, giant wood diffuser. You know, And that's making it even more lively in that little corner. But I actually really like the sound we get from it. It doesn't sound like you're in a big, echoey room, because when you stand in there, you can hear that it's lively, but it's not like long reverb tails in the room or anything. But, uh, but yeah, no, honestly speaking, I really don't like a dead vocal. Uh, and if it was that much of an issue, uh, I'm just going to say this. If you guys haven't subscribed to Plugin Alliance, but not sponsored or anything, I just personally really like them, I especially like them since too. I use an HDX system. Uh, I really like that they give you HDX compatible plugins. Um, but they have a SPL plugin called Dverb, funny enough. Yeah. Yeah, which is actually really good for taking out bad room tone out of mics. Um, and really deadening the vocals. So if it was really that bad, guys, there's also a few tools you can look out on the post side of things, but I wouldn't rely on it. In fact, if you give me a lively vocal, chances are I'll use less reverb, and it'll actually be a much better, more in-your-face vocal in the mix than me having to add an artificial reverb. Because have you noticed that? Like like you were saying, you like using uh, dry vocals as an effect. I actually really like that song we recorded the other day. Uh, you wrote it with Bright. Uh, what was it? Um, um, was it, uh, the down? No, not down. It was like the last song Rocket? we did. Rocket. That one, you had a really dry vocal on the chorus and it made it so impactful on the vocal that you really stood out in front of the mix without having to be loud in the mix. And I think that's something people forget. Like we all want our vocals loud in the mix because we want to be heard, but the less reverb you use, the louder you yeah, oh, the, like the, the dry sounds sound. good. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really good. So if you have a lively room, it actually plays to that effect. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because, I mean, we're not, we're, we don't have to get into it, but the ATCs, which we have in Studio A, are a little bit darker. And, and the PMCs and uh, B are brighter. Yeah, PMCs are brighter. And like because of that, the reverbs are louder on the PMCs, mm -hmm. um, kind of fills that like little space where um, when I was mixing on the ATCs, it was, 
I was naturally just making things a little bit more reverby, not in a bad way, but just like in a different way. And it's very interesting to hear how I'm reacting differently to the two speakers and yeah. how like I really genuinely like both enough to be like, I could almost pick which speakers I want to mix on based on how I want the song to turn out. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of funny. to be honest, I've always told people that that's why I told you I'm considering the two, two sixes for a, as well as a B set. Uh, because of that effect, I've been saying how long? How long have I been saying I want two two sixes since I met? There you go. Yeah, right? Yeah, Tizio has the two two sixes too. Yeah, and he just matched up the sub to it. Oh. I can't wait to see him again and uh, take a listen to that combo. Yeah. So uh, with that, let's let's. Uh, is there anything else that we want to say about reverbs? I mean, there's really not much to say other than the different types. Yes, I mean, what actually, do you like to use plate for? Uh, like, I actually uh, was going to touch on that. Um, Using different types of reverb is actually a good thing. I know everybody says try to put every, all the instruments in the same room and all the vocals in the same room. But if you're trying to make something stand out, why would you give it the same color? I'm just saying, like, if you want blue to stand out, don't put it in another shade of blue. Mm. You know, it's it may stand out a little um, if that's your goal. But if you really want something to stand out, maybe put a plate on a snare. Uh, maybe put a hall on the kick if you want more of a stadium sound, or if you want the kick to be a little bit drier, maybe just put a room reverb on it. Um, I know that they may, tend to be brighter, exactly more aggressive. more aggressive. Halls tend to be darker. Um, rooms tend to be a little more in the mid rangey, boxy kind of tone, which you can always EQ that out if you don't the like church, that specific sound. The church sound. option on D-verb sounds Dude, crazy. it sounds great. And if you put that on the overheads, that always sounds great. But for vocals, I've always enjoyed halls or rooms. Me too. Um, and Sometimes once in I a while, blend. Yeah, once in a while, I'll throw a gated hall on a snare um, mm. or a gated plate on a snare, depending on what kind of effect I want. But switch up your reverbs. Like a lot of people forget to use different types. They'll just throw, oh, I want a reverb bus that's short. I want a reverb bus that's medium. And I want a reverb bus that's long. It's like, cool. But what about having a forward reverb bus and a subtle reverb bus? Yeah. And, and that's kind of how I like to use. If I use multiple reverbs, which is pretty often, one of the things that I like to do is blend two couple, uh, di couple ooh, a couple different reverbs. Mm -hmm. um, I like to have like a medium length plate for the vocals or for the snare or whatever. And oftentimes, if I blend in with something else, it'll either be like a really short room verb to kind of give it that room sense, um, to give it more ambience but not cloud the reverb, mm -hmm. or have like a really long dark hall, like yeah. four plus seconds. And when I blend it in, it really has like a nice balance of long and subtle, mm -hmm. but still has that main aggressive plate verb. And for me, I really just like different tones with the reverb, especially blending them in. I think it sounds really great, but I do not use one reverb for everything, usually for the beat, mm -hmm. like if, for anything that's in the beat bus or like in the, the instrumental bus. Mm -hmm. I will have a separate reverb specifically for the instruments and separate it from the vocals. Well, you've seen how I route things. I actually have like a dedicated vocal effects routing bus and a music effects routing bus. Yeah. And they get all summed down to like the vocal master, the music masters, all that. But um, one thing that I like, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but using the reverb to shape the actual sound of the source. So like if you wanted more air in your vocal but it's getting too sibilant uh, by adding uh, an EQ or saturation in the top end, however you may want to do it. Um, I know Tizio has a really cool double uh, exciter trick, um, but honestly, I like adding a really, really, really short plate on a vocal mm. and then bringing air that way. How short? How short? How short? Like 0.8. Okay, like almost like second. almost like a room. Uh, but the reason being is because the 
plates naturally sizzle really up on the top end. Mm. And if you actually just filter out everything under like 3K and then just bring it up as an aux, you'd be surprised how much air you give the vocal without having to com- like having to sacrifice like adding uh, sibilance to the track. Yeah. And to be honest, I really do like that plate sizzle. Mm, it's so good. It's almost like going to Sizzlers back when they were good. <laughs> so that was terrible. But I'm I mean, sorry, guys. Though, that was for, terrible. <laughs> thank you, Dad. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I really appreciate uh, the questions. This this topic stemmed from someone DMing me on Instagram, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do accept people. We have a Discord community where you can hit us up and ask for recommendations. Uh, the Discord community, the link is in the description of this episode, as well as the description of the podcast. We invite everybody to join. It's as well the link in my bio on Instagram. Um, we love taking questions and stuff, and we love doing topics. So feel free to continue to ask us questions, DM us as questions. Um, as well as if you're listening to Apple, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave a five-star review. Follow us on Spotify. Put our episodes on a playlist, whatever, 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 right? Uh, Thank you so much for everyone that's listening. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Oh, yeah. One, two, three. If you'd like to take advantage of my free guides and online videos, please check out links.dkmixes.com. That's links.dekeimixes.com. Are you trying to find the perfect distribution platform to get your music on Spotify and Apple? I personally use and love DistroKid. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash DistroKid to get a small discount and get access to a platform with unlimited uploads for a yearly fee. Happy uploading and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.